0: Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton.
1: Hola, hermano. My name is Adam Jones, mate. Tribes, our second Seth Godin book. Yeah, the
0: first author to double up. And mate, I can't think of anyone more deserving than the man himself, Seth Godin. Yep. Tribes, we need you to lead us.
1: So, yeah, best one of the best books on leadership I've ever ever come across. It really are. So his Seth's goal throughout the book is to sell you on being a leader.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's uh, he sort of get to the end. He says there's no step by step leadership for dummies. Anything like that. It's all about basically just putting, making it as obvious as possible that you have to lead. Yeah. Basically, it's just sort of like getting you to the point where you realize that yeah, I have to lead.
1: And we've all right now got all the resources out there to be able to uh, be able to do it. So the question is. Not can I do it? It's you choosing. Uh, it's your choice now to do it or not. So yeah. it is very possible for everyone to be a leader now.
0: And what mate? What did you think of the book? Mate, loved it's, it?
1: yeah, absolutely loved it. So I loved his other book, The Dip, as well. Yeah, he's, he's an incredible author. Very small books, but his point gets across in that mm. 100 pages, and, and you definitely learn something new.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's just, uh, we'll get into it. So, as a way of uh, definition, he says, a tribe is a group of people connected to one another, connected to a leader, and connected to an idea. So, that's all a tribe is. And he says that uh, the only difference, like, there's groups. The difference between a group and a tribe, he says, is that a tribe has a shared interest and a way to communicate. So, basically, for you to be a leader... The only two things you need to do is to build that shared interest and strengthen strengthen that interest mm. and make easier, better ways to communicate. Yep. So pretty simple. Yep. Not easy, but simple. Pretty simple. So
1: he says every, a lot of people now are are still kind of stuck in in their jobs and the, the marketplace now rewards the people who are kind of, you know, slightly rebellious, a little bit different. He calls
0: them uh, heretics. Have you
1: yeah. used that word word before?
0: Um, no, only through, maybe throughout... Forty-eight laws of power. I think they talked about the heretics of of throughout history, like um, who just had different ideas and went went about uh, doing. I guess trying to prove it. Yeah, like Galileo and stuff, or like Newton discovering gravity or things like that. Where they, at the time, people thought they were crazy. (laughs) They were heretics, but history shows that they were spot on.
1: Yeah. So, that's who he he focuses on throughout the book. He's like, being a heretic now, it's the marketplace will reward you and mm. it is the best way to uh, yeah, to go about being a leader at the moment, mm. not just be complacent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, uh, we'll
1: get into some some uh, main themes, mate. So what, what are yeah, we-
0: my only criticism, it's not a criticism so much, just uh, I think, I don't know if we'll struggle to do the book justice. It's sort of just all over the shop. It's, it's just like very <laughs> short, punchy sort of... 300 word paragraphs, Not there's no chapters, there's no parts, it's just sort of like uh, a little subtitle and then like a 300 word, but it's phenomenal. Yeah, It's almost like a s- series of blog posts, um, but it's, yeah, I, it just flows together so nicely even though there seems to be no structure.
1: Yep, so we'll try and uh, do it the best justice we
0: can, but yeah. you're better
1: off just going out there get and, <laughs> and getting the book and jumping into it, I reckon.
0: I've only, actually, I reckon this is only probably... Oh, man, I hate to say this. This is probably only my second Seth book I've read, actually. Yeah, me too. I think he's got 19, so there'll be another 17 more coming <laughs> on the potty soon. Yeah, <laughs> no. I need to buy them all. So one of the... What do we call them?
1: Chapters? One of the chapters yeah, is like, the difference chapters. between average and mediocre. So he says, life is too short to fight the forces of change, So, and life is too short to hate what you do all day. Mm. So he says, initiative equals happiness. Mm, so
0: he
1: it. says... Uh, we all have everything now and uh, everything we have right now is, we have everything to build something bigger than ourselves. So, uh, you have to realize this and then people around you will, will follow and then take your lead. Love
0: it. Love it. Life's too short to hate what you do every day. Yeah. That's so
1: true. And then uh, another another chapter that follows is, he talks about the F word, fear, which is like the main thing stopping us from all leading. Yep. Yeah. So, most ordinary people can dream up remarkable stuff easy. So, what's missing is the ability to make things happen. Right. So, everyone can bring get, get these ideas, but it's the people who can uh, play with their fear and then uh, make it act anyway. They're the ones who get, mm. to, get to lead.
0: Yeah. So true. So true. Uh, I'll pull out another one, The Opportunity. Uh, and he says it's simple. There are tribes everywhere now, inside and outside of organizations, in public, in private, nonprofits, classrooms, all across the planet. Every one of these tribes is yearning for leadership and connection. And so he says the question is, uh, he says the question isn't, is it possible for me to do that? Because uh, Seth's hypothesis is that it's possible for anyone to do that. But he says the question is, will I choose to do that? So he says you don't need experience or qualifications or anything like that Uh, To be a leader, all you need to be a leader is to decide and choose to be a leader. Mm. And he says, without leaders, there are no followers. You're a leader. We need you.
1: Mm. That's it. So he says uh, right now uh, and also right now in in this day and age that uh, we can lead from the bottom. So in the past, that wasn't really possible. So right now, Mm. all you need is some skill and attitude and uh, you really don't need authority at the moment. In fact, authority can get in the way,
0: he says. Yeah, so true. Um, another one here, uh, again, apologies if we're jumping all over the <laughs> shop. That's sort of how the book goes, but it's some good good stuff. Um, leadership is not management. So he says, management is about manipulating resources to get a job done. But leadership, on the other hand, is about creating a change that you believe in. So he says, managers have employees, but leaders have followers. He says, managers make widgets, leaders make change. So, I'm sure uh, you've, you've got a manager or you have had a manager in the past that was not a leader. Yep. Two very different, distinct things.
1: Definitely. So, he says, before you make this, as Ashton was just mentioning, it's just making the decision to lead. That's that's all you got to do now. He says, "Make ask yourselves these two questions and that'll be, will I suffer any measurable impact? And then if the only side effect is that you're gonna feel bad about criticism, then you compare that bad feeling with the potential benefits and then you realise that being remarkable is exciting, fun, and more profitable and and it's great for for your career and uh, the feeling bad part just wears off.
0: <laughs> yep, love it.
1: So and then the other question is how can I create something that critics will criticize?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's sick. He says is it's easy to find critics. There's whatever happens, whatever you do whatever anyone does, someone's going to criticise it because either it's not what they believe in or maybe they're jealous that you did it before them or whatever the reason is for criticising, there's always going to be critics out there. Mm. And so it's up to you to do something that's going to get criticised yeah. because if people aren't willing to criticise it, it's probably not big enough.
1: Because uh, he says it's the status quo for a reason. That's why why there's all it, all this resistance mm. is because it's the status quo. So when you try and go against that, you're going to get criticism and you're going to get resistance. But your job is the leader is to have the vision and then cop cop all that shit and then uh, yep. keep moving anyway and, and let everyone follow.
0: I love it. That's probably the overarching theme of the book, isn't it? Is it? Change, you're changing. You're going against the status quo. Mm. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So he gives us. He doesn't. There's not really too many numbered lists or checklists or anything like that in the book. One thing here, page 21, improving a tribe. He just gives a few dot points. So as I mentioned earlier the only two things that it takes um, to turn a group into a tribe is, number one, a shared interest, and number two, a way to communicate. And he said that communication uh, comes in four types or four directions. So either from the leader to the tribe, from the tribe to the leader, from a tribe member to another tribe member, or from a tribe member to an outsider. So he says they're the four ways that you need to uh, communicate for it to be a tribe, and you need to improve those. And actually, you know, have, have you seen the TED Talk on this? No. should throw to this. What? So Seth, he did a TED Talk called The Tribes We Lead. I don't know if it was before or after this, so he used a lot of the examples from the book. And he says the best way to grow a tribe isn't for the leader to go out there and try and recruit as many people as possible, which we'll, we might dive, dive into a bit later. But he says the best way is for tribe members to recruit other tribe members mm. um, and guide them towards that vision.
1: Yep. So another good book probably around that area of communication, it would be Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, Crush It, yeah? Crush It's all about social media and getting getting a getting a tribe, I guess, which yeah. kind of complements this book pretty well, I thought.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, some of the ways to increase the effectiveness um, of that communication, so... Seth says that transforming that shared interest that we mentioned and turn that into a passionate goal or a desire for change. So shared interest is one thing, but a passionate goal or a desire for change is some next level shit. Yeah. Um, providing tools to allow members to tighten their communication and leveraging the tribe to allow it to grow and gain new members. So he says that most leaders focus on that bit of trying to grow and gain new members. But he says perhaps a better goal uh, is to just tighten the tribe you've already got. Mm. If you've already got people who believe in that same shared interest, tighten that as much as possible. Yep.
1: Love it, mate. So uh, one uh, one theme that was also in his other book, The Dip, is this idea of uh, scarcity. So he says leadership is scarce because few people are willing to go through the discomfort required to lead. So that's one. That's the reason for once you lead you. There is scarcity, so there's high value in it and and you get paid well for it and you get the good feeling and, and you get a better life on the other side, he reckons. That sounds a bit like the dip. It, a lot more. Like yeah. <laughs> <the>
0: scarcity <laughs> in that uh, everyone drops off.
1: Yeah, that's right. And when and everyone... It's this discomfort that makes everyone drop off and then that's what you leverage to make leadership worthwhile.
0: Yeah, love it. So he says it,
1: it's uncomfortable to stand up in front, in front of strangers. It's an, uncomfortable to propose an idea that might fail. It is uncomfortable to challenge the status quo. It is uncomfortable to resist the urge to settle. And when you uh, identify the discomfort, you've found a place where a leader is needed. So if you start doing all those other things that make maybe people aren't cut out for, then, uh, then yeah, you'll be on the way to become a leader. Phenomenal. So he says the one path that doesn't work at all, and that's the most common one, is that's just doing nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Mate, that's so good. That's it. If you do mate, If you do nothing, nothing's going to happen, is it? Yeah.
1: It appears to be easy, doesn't it? Doing nothing. Doing yeah. nothing, yeah. On the surface, it's easier, but he yeah. says it's really the stupidest thing and riskiest thing to do is, is yeah. to do nothing and not embrace change and, and take the, the path of a leader.
0: Yeah, so true. Uh, another thing he talks about is movements. So, he says there's three elements to a movement. Uh, you need a narrative that tells a story about who we are and the future that we're trying to build. So creating that story, creating that narrative for the tribe of who you are, what you do. Uh, And he says, what Seth says a lot is saying, people like us do things like this. So whatever that is, Um, people in this tribe do these certain things. Uh, The second thing, you need a connection between the leader and among tribe members. And the third thing is um, something to do and whatever that is, whatever you're doing. And so he says most organizations just focus on having something to do. They don't focus on the first one of um, of telling that story, having that narrative, and they don't focus on the section the second one of uh, of, of connection. So it says that's it, three steps to a movement. Motivate, connect, leverage and grow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Love mate, what's next? On your list? Just a now? little
0: just a little cheeky um, just a little quote I saw here. So I'll just
1: am about... Halfway at yeah. the end of the book, when
0: you. I don't, mate, I, don't I don't even know where we are. <laughs> um, just, a, just a quote here, and then uh, I'll try and catch up to you. He yep. says, "Good enough in, uh, in in quotations. Good enough stopped being good enough a long time ago. So why not be great? That's it. Take the next step. Be great.
1: Yeah, love it, mate. Um, so another another good uh, good part of the book, which he said quite a bit is change in made by asking for permission. It's by made by asking for forgiveness later. Mm. Mm. So don't worry about what your boss is going to say or anything. He says just, just fucking do it anyway and then, uh, then ask for forgiveness later,
0: if they yeah. give forgiveness. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that came up uh, in 4-Hour Workweek yeah. as well, didn't it? Yeah. He said do what you're going to do anyway. If you ask for permission and they say no, you're in a really tough spot. Yeah. Whereas if you don't ask for permission, just do it. And mm. if... And then ask for forgiveness. Just later. be
1: relentless with your own vision, and then uh, let them let them amend to what you
0: want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, <laughs> mate. I'm just flicking through, and I'm just after the F word, which I think was the second thing you said. Yeah, I just want to share. I'm way behind. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anything uh, you like to add to that, mate?
0: Uh, not the F word. I think you covered that very well. Yeah. Um, the one I wanted to talk about the Peter Principle. Uh, I've got that highlighted and starred, so it must have been good. Uh, oh, here we go, yeah. So the Peter Principle, he says that in a in a hierarchy, in, a, in an organization, Lawrence this Dr. Lawrence Peter, he said that every employee tends to rise to his level of incompetence. So in that you start at the bottom, you do a good job, you're too good for that job, so you move up get a promotion, and when you're too good for that job, you move up and get a promotion. And where you stop is your level of incompetence, where you're not, you're not quite good enough for that job, so you can't move up any higher. But uh, Seth, I think that's pretty, I reckon that's pretty that's spot pretty on. That's pretty spot
1: on, yeah. Seth has got a,
0: a, little, a little twist on it, and Seth just says that in every organization, everyone rises to the level at, at which they become paralyzed by fear. So I guess, uh, mate, pretty similar things, but he says that leadership is being aware of your fear, and going against it and doing it anyway. Mm. So for you to move on, move to the next level, maybe not a specific job promotion, but move to that next level is you just need to embrace that fear and probably do it anyway. Yeah. He says the fear is not going going to go away. So it's just having that awareness and making progress anyway.
1: Yeah. I definitely prefer that outlook on it because it, I guess you can, everything is learnable and it's just yeah. uh, working with that fear. So yeah, dancing with your fear is probably what's going to get you to, to where you need to go. Yeah. Taking the risks necessary.
0: Yeah, love it. Oh, mate, another big one, which is probably really applicable to um, employees and staff, is he he says fear of failure is overrated. So a lot of times people don't do things because they're paralyzed by that fear of failure. They don't want to try something and for it not to work. But he says that's just not, it shouldn't be applicable in a corporate job, because you're not risking your own money, mm. you're going out there and doing what you think is going to work. And if it doesn't work, you haven't failed. What he thinks people are more scared of is that blame and criticism. Mm. So I don't want it to be like, "Oh, you made this. You made this not work," and people criticising your ideas and your efforts. So he reckons fewer of failure is overrated, and it's more so that uh, that criticism. So what he says is, if we if we tell our uh, Fuck, I'm messing that up. Anyway, two questions. If we're if we've got that fear of criticism, she says, number one, if I get criticised for this, will I suffer any measurable impact? Oh, I think you talked about this, yeah. did you? Yeah, oh, sorry, mate. I'm yeah. way behind. Yeah, we're, take, we're, us to we're, we're, we're take us to the next. We're Take us <laughs> to the next spot, mate. Should we get into sheep
1: walking? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> let's so skip I love up. This. So she- it's obviously uh,
1: it's obviously a combination of people sleepwalking through life and being sheep and just just following and just uh. Mm kind of just succumbing to everyone else's goals or of the leader or, or whatever.
0: Yeah. So, this is the right.
1: outcome of hiring people who've been raised to be obedient and giving them uh, brain-dead jobs and just enough to keep them in line. Mm. So, even if, even though there is a reliance on change, sheep walking is actually still on the rise. Yeah. So, we all know sheep walkers, I guess. There's a lot of them <laughs> out there. And,
0: and that's what he, he says. That's what schools do as well. And that like... They train you to be in a certain spot at a certain time, you do your task, you're going to have this, uh, you have to learn this certain thing, you're going to have this test and you're going to pass it, move on to the next level where you're going to be in the same place at the same time. So it's just that traditional education system is just training us to be sheep walkers, essentially.
1: That's right. So the sheep is managed by fear, like the, you know, they're always worried that they might get fired or they might look bad or something. So when a sheep walker goes on holiday and they see someone on their, their laptop in Bali doing mm. some work, the sheep, will, the sheep walker will think, like, oh, what a pity them two people are working on their on their holiday. But the people on the laptop will be like, oh, what a pity those people are miserable 50 weeks of the year to yeah. enjoy these two
0: weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So that's the difference between a sheep walker and, and a leader, I guess.
0: Yeah. And he says there's there's, um, there's two ways to go about this. He said there's there's two ways to cure this kind of disease so he says step one is to give it a name so he's called it sheep walking and then step two is if you see yourself in the mirror and realize that you're a sheep walker is realize that you can always stop and that's what he says <laughs> <laughs> that's it. he says you can <laughs> just stop, just stop? <laughs> yeah, that's it um he goes uh, he says here that he says pretty he's pretty measured yeah You've got to be animated in this paragraph, I reckon. What do you say? Oh, he just—he says at the end, he's just like, oh, I just." he says here, oh, I reread those paragraphs, and some people probably think I was being a bit too harsh. Um, but yeah, so he says, you know, he says you can always claim the career you deserve merely by refusing to walk down the same path as everyone else just because everyone else is already doing it. Hmm. I reckon it's its not too heavy hitting, but heavy yeah. for Seth. Yeah. He's, um, he's a good bloke. Yeah, he's it alleged.
1: is. It is a good book. If you read a lot of books before and you read that, maybe it's not a not a big deal. But if, yeah.
0: you, if it's one of the
1: first books you've ever read, and you know you've and you're realizing you've been a sheepwalk, maybe then it's hard yeah. to read this kind of shit.
0: Yeah, that's true. Which is good. Um, I've only got a couple of things left. Page eighty-eight. He goes through. He says that in terms of creating a, a movement, um, there's five things to do, and there's six principles. So number one, this is the only numbered list in the book. I think I've seen.
1: Mm, yeah, definitely.
0: Number one is publish a manifesto. So he says just spread it. Spread it as much as you can. Hmm. If it's, you know, writing... He said it's not necessarily writing a book and getting it printed and selling it, but it's just having your ideas somewhere where anyone can see it and say, okay, this is what this tribe does. This is the manifesto of the Sometimes
1: that's probably the the hardest part is because putting your ideas out there, that is where the the criticism does come Hmm. is when, when you finally put your thoughts out there and, you know, your beliefs and everything.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Number two, make it easier for your followers to connect with you. So like we said, tribes is all about um, communication. That's one of the two elements of a tribe. So you need to make that communication as easy as possible. Yep.
1: Number three, make it easy for your followers to connect with one another.
0: Yep, same deal. Yep. Uh, Number four, realize that money is not the point of a movement. That's right. So if you're just doing it for money, you're not in the right spot. Yep.
1: Yeah, spot on. It's going to be uh, about the the group goal of the tribe, I guess. Yeah. So, next part I'd like to get into is how... And number
0: five, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, track your progress. (laughs) Do it it publicly and create pathways for your followers to contribute to that progress. Do you want to do the six principles or skip that? No. No, I reckon this is good. This is good. Yeah, go for it. Number one, transparency is really your only option. So, don't try and hide it. You want it to be out there. You want it to be clear. Um, and you want everyone to see it and see straight through it so they can be a part of it. Number two, your movement needs to be bigger than you. It's In fact, it shouldn't really be about you at all. It should be completely about the tribe and the movement. He said movements that grow thrive. So growth is important. Don't focus on growth, but obviously you need growth. Number four, movements are made most clear when compared with the status quo or movements that work to push the other direction. So... Obviously, the status quo is bad, so if you compare what you're doing to the status quo, you're going to look uh, a lot better. Number five is important. Exclude outsiders. It sounds a bit like 48 Laws of Power, but he Mm. says, Exclusion is an extremely powerful force for loyalty and attention. He says that who isn't a part of your tribe uh, and your movement matters almost as much as who is. So having a clear... um, not a, Almost having an enemy, I guess, but having an opposite. And number six... Tearing others down is never as helpful as building your followers up. Mm. So, I think that's sick. It doesn't even have any description of that. It's just uh, That's not even just tribes. That's everything. Yep. Making someone else bad isn't, as, isn't as good as bringing yourself up. Yeah,
1: that's it. Always yeah. going to be thinking win-win, don't you? Win-win. That's
0: it. Sorry, so, man, what were you about to say? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I was getting into how to be wrong. So, I thought this was pretty interesting about Isaac Newton. So, he's probably the, uh, the most celebrated physicist in, in mm. history, but I didn't realize he spent most of his career on alchemy. Mm. So, he was as wrong as a scientist could be. So, yeah, yeah. even though he was, uh, he, he tried a, a whole bunch of things and then obviously his, his Newton's laws got some traction and they actually worked and the things on alchemy, which he, was, uh, he spent most of his time on, didn't go yeah. anywhere. Yeah. So, that's an example of someone who tried things and then went against the status quo.
0: Yeah. As you say, he was wrong as he could possibly be, but he's still one of the top you know, top five most celebrated scientists in history.
1: Probably number one, man.
0: No, yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Probably
1: number one, big new dog.
0: Criticizing hope is easy. Leadership comes when your hope and your optimism are matched with a concrete vision of the future and a way to get there. Mm. So he says, at the end, cynicism is a lousy strategy. That was just a quick one I wanted to whip out. Yep. Elements of leadership, 107.
1: Yep, rock and roll into it.
0: Leaders change the status quo. Leaders create a culture around their goal and involve involve others in that culture. Leaders have an extraordinary amount of curiosity about the world that they're trying to change. Leaders use charisma in a variety of forms to attract and motivate followers. Leaders communicate their vision of the future. Leaders commit to a vision and make decisions based on that commitment. And leaders connect their followers to one another. But he says, you don't have to be in charge or powerful or pretty or connected to be a leader. You just have to be committed.
1: Mm. Love it, mate. So, I, toward the end of the book, it, it starts getting into the obligation, mm. which I really like. So, he says, people, there's not far from us, there is kids who don't have enough to eat. If you go a little farther than that by plane, there are people unable to reach their goals due to the lack of infrastructure. And a bit further than that, there's people persecuted by governments, uh, dying to hunger, due to war, and things like that. So it says, like, if you're the listener, you're probably in a, in a developed Western country. It's not really an opportunity. It's more like an obligation. You've got all these fucking incredible things going for you. Mm. Like, use that momentum to actually do something with your life. He kind of says it's a waste of a, an op- a, waste of an, a life if you, if you really don't take all these, these chances you've had and then just run with it and, and do something uh, meaningful with your life. That part, that chapter really, yeah, really had a yeah, yeah, hit me hard. It was good.
0: We're in a pretty good spot, aren't we? There's not much to complain. There's not about, really excuses either, is it? Yeah.
1: Us, uh, us, yeah, Melbourne boys, and yeah, and it, we've looked at our a lot of our viewers are from old listeners are from Western countries as well.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to go into? Obviously, there's shitloads more. I've hot. I tried to like highlight my favorite stuff, but every page is yeah. highlighted. Yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, yeah. So,
1: uh, yeah. so, obviously, there's a book me and Ashen really like. There's no real structure to the book. It's just like a series of blog posts and, and yeah. it's just, it gets you really worked up reading it. It just makes you want to do yeah. shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is actually the second time I read I think the first time I read it, which was just a couple of months ago, I think I got to the end. I was maybe a bit disappointed that there wasn't a clear... How to, like this is what to do, this is how you do it. Hmm. But the second time I was just on edge, just like this is yeah, yeah this you is you t- just salonia t- the
1: other whole time and like, just fucking be a leader.
0: Do it. You know, yeah.
1: Don't live the easy life. Do something against the status quo and make something of yourself.
0: Yeah, and that's what he says. There's no set, you know, description of a leader. You don't have to be a thirty year old six foot male. Yeah, white male to be a leader. There's no absolutely no demographic similarities between leaders. It's just you have just to a choose. Choice. Just do it. it.
1: Comes down to a choice, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah, any other final marks, mate? Who's, who's the book for? Big Ash.
0: Uh, I think so. The dip was definitely for every single person. The tribes. It probably should be for everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 what do you reckon?
1: Uh, no, not. Not necessarily for everyone, because yeah,
0: not it's definitely more niche than dip. It's a bit
1: more niche because you not everyone's cut out mm. to be a leader, because it is fucking difficult at times. Yeah, to cop the criticism, but it's really for those people who maybe just a step before making the decision to become a leader. Read this, and it'll put you over the line into uh, doing something good. I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He does also say that following is important as well, and yeah. that if you don't have the right tribe, you're not in the right. If if the, if that tribe's not for you right now. Feel free to follow. Yeah, yeah, I'd say the book's definitely worth a read. If you're not a reader, uh, watch Seth's TED Talk. Um, I think it's called The Tribes We Lead. Mm. And also, if you don't want to watch an 18-minute TED Talk, watch Derek Sivers' TED Talk, which is only three minutes, called uh, Something Along the Lines of How to Create a Movement. Um, and that's a that's a cool, cheeky, short little video, which Same is good. Yeah. On a similar theme about creating a movement, yeah. Yes. But also about the importance of being a follower as well as a leader. Fuck
1: yeah. What's up? Okay,
0: next week. What are we reading? Oh, this is exciting. So it'll be our... We keep saying, well, we get Seth on. Will we <laughs> we're <getting> him <laughs> So we've said probably in... This is our, what, 30, 31st episode. And yeah. for probably 28 of those, we said, oh, we'll get the author we'll on get so next week we on, we're gonna know. do redo life in half a second because we've got him on. <laughs> He's coming. The author's coming on. Unreal, so, mate. So looking forward to that. Should we uh sing it? Absolutely. bloody Sing that shit.
1: The opportunity.
0: Traps. Seth golden. Motherfucker.
1: Mark the place where rewards ticks. Mark the place where Too
0: short. <laughs> Leave from the bottom! Leave from the bottom! The difference between our village and millionaire. <laughs> Life's too short to hate what you do every day. Stop sheepwalking! Sheepwalker! Sheepwalk! Leadership is scarce, embrace discomfort. Leadership is under the break that Tribes only need two things. A shared interest and a way to communicate. And shoot that walker To be a leader, just choose to be a leader! Run up your tribe!
1: Run up your tribe! We're going hunting! Gun out the butt!
0: Seth Golden. I could wait to Seth Golden's writing. Uh. That is Seth.